Hello, everybody. Welcome to It Was Tuesday with your host, James Chen, uh, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor. And uh, today, uh, I have gotten myself into some hot mess on Twitter over here with a lot of people coming after me. And it is all about this thing over here, which is numpad notation, which is an amazingly, apparently very, very hot topic out there and uh, gets people all up in their feels. So let's talk about this, okay? Let's talk about numpad notation. This all came up because somebody somebody tweeted out that they were like, I'm never learning numpad notation. It's really bleh. And it sounds like it's really like they were like, oh, it's so stupid and I hate it and everything. And someone responded with, you know, this is the standard. It's easy. It's easy to learn. If you don't want to learn it, you'll just stay weak and you'll never be good at fighting games. To which I responded, uh... Can we stop this, please? <laughs> Can we stop this if you don't learn numpad notation? Your weak kind of conversation over here. Can we uh, move past that? Because that is part of the problem of uh, that whole, you know, I asked one, we, I was in a thread one time talking about is the FGC welcoming? And people talked about the FGC feels elitist and it feels exclusive and... I mean, telling people, if you don't learn this one thing, you're, you'll stay weak like everybody else ah, who doesn't learn it, like, is, um, yeah, is not the right way to do this. So I then got into some embroiled, heated conversations with a lot of people arguing about numpad notation, etc., etc., and uh, I am finally going to put this whole entire conversation to rest here because a lot of people make these assumptions about where I stand on numpad notation, etc., etc., but let us establish this first and foremost, but let me also, just because my OCD is bothering me, fix that. All right. Numpad notation. So let's get this out of the way straight off, okay? Let's get this out of the way right away. Should numpad notation be the de facto standard for input, for typing out inputs in the fighting game community? The answer is yes. Yes, it should be. Yes, it should be because it has far, far too many advantages. There's too many advantages to it. One, it is completely universal. It is very, very quick to type. And it is something that you can translate very, very easily. Now, there are some games like NRS and Tekken where they use numbers for the buttons that does muddy up the water. But even uh, countries like Japan have already moved away uh, from have already moved away from uh, uh, using numbers for the buttons for Tekken. They actually use LP, RP, LK, RK for the buttons and such. <laughs> now, does that mean you have to learn numpad notation? Yeah, yeah, you will have to learn numpad notation in order to properly process information here uh, in the fighting game community. Uh, this is the... Street Fighter 6 t-shirt over here. And so um, this is something that 
should be standardized. It is easy to learn, it is convenient, and it is uh, language free, quick to type, and allows you to express funky motions like pretzels, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want to compete, you don't necessarily have to learn it. I'm just saying it's easier to learn for your convenience so that you can understand a lot of tips and, and uh, things that other people talk about. Without learning it, it's, 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 it's gonna hold you back a little bit here. Now, here's the thing, here's the thing. A lot of people watching this and seeing my Twitter thread might actually be surprised or seeing anything that I do on Twitter because I shit on numpad notation constantly. I'm always making fun of numpad notation. And there's a reason for that, because I hate numpad notation, all right? And this is the part that we have to address, okay? I hate numpad notation. Why do I hate numpad notation? Because, and this is where I get really, really frustrated. One, okay, Death by Pope mentions that, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't work on commentary. True, I hate using it on commentary. I say 6P or 2, 2, 2K2D because I can't help it because everybody talks about it and stuff like that. And it's just the lexicon now uh, for a, a lot of it. But here's the thing here. L let's talk about this. Let's talk about the point that I have been trying to make on Twitter for so, so long long here. The reason why I get mad when people talk about numpad notation or like, oh, it's so easy to learn. If you don't want to learn it, you're just lazy or you don't belong in the FGC in the first place. You can't make the effort. You're stupid, blah, blah, blah. The reason why I really, really hate that is because numpad notation is not universally simple for everybody. Okay, and when I say this, I say this as a person who has this problem. I still, to this day, have to stop and think about numpad notation even though I've been using it for over a decade now. I still have to stop and think about it. I still type it wrong every single time. I still uh, get everything mixed up all the time. For example, when I talk about Soul Calibur, there is no point in time where 1A or 1B does not mean down forward. One is down back. So for those of you unfamiliar with numpad notation, look at the number pad on your keyboard. All of the numbers represent a direction on the joystick. It's really convenient that there's the nine directions there perfectly, right? So, or you can open up your calculator, which is a terrible solution because I'm not going to open up my calculator every time I need to think about numpad notation. Like, <laughs> the thing is, it's not intuitive. Three is down forward. And for my whole entire life, and for the rest of my life, I will be saying one as down forward. And the reason why is because numpad notation is not intuitive for everybody. Now, I will say I'm the minority. However, when I talk about this, I get a lot of people that are like, oh my God, James, same. Oh my God, James, same. So I don't know if I am the minority. The problem is every time you talk about 
the fact that you hate numpad notation, here comes the numpad, guys, and it's like a fucking cult, okay? I'm just gonna say, I'm not even mincing words right now. The numpad faction, the numpad notation faction out there, they're a fucking cult, man, because they come down at you, and they will yell at you, and they will call you names, and they will just be like, it's so easy! <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> seriously, calm down. The truth of the matter is, why is one down forward for you? I don't know, PC Genjin, and this is the point. This is what I'm talking about is that numbers for me do not translate the way letters do. And people are like, they're just symbols. It's not. It's not. Because for me, when I see letters, when I see words, when I make puns, when I play with letters in my head, letters are red, they're orange, they're warm. I feel warmth in the letters, and when I see them, I want to translate them because that is what we do with the English language. You've seen those tests before where they jumble all the letters in the middle of a word except for the end letters, and you can still read the whole entire thing, no problem. When I see numbers, numbers are gray, numbers are uh, cold. Okay, let me pull up the... Uh, let me just add the picture over here so that you guys can actually see the numpad notation. Uh, let's see, numpad. Let's browse to the background. Let's bad browse to my backgrounds. And I will grab this photo over here. This is the numpad right here. So if you guys are doing numpad notation, two corresponds to down, Six corresponds to forward, five corresponds to neutral, etc., etc. So if I actually wanted to do uh, mention quarter circle forward, I would type it out as two, three, six. Two, three, yeah, I don't know what the hell is up with that zero, zero, zero button, <laughs> but I would type out two, three, six. That's quarter circle forward. If I want to type out half circle forward, it would be four, one, two, three, six, which I will forever type as four, three, two, one. Six, because my brain does not process numpad stuff. The reason why one will be down forward to me for my entire life is because numbers are meant to be data. They are meant to be informational. And when I think about things, I do everything by heart. You guys know this already. I do everything by feel. When I sit here and I think of moves, when I think of Soul Calibur and I think of move lists in Soul Calibur and I want to categorize them and if you look on your uh, Soul Calibur apps on your phone all the time, you will always see that all the down forward moves are listed before the down back moves. Always. And in my brain, that is how it's always going to be. If I'm going to talk about the down moves, down forward, down back, and straight down, down forward comes before down back. I cannot shake the need for ordering these things, and I cannot shake the ability to interpret numbers as ordinal or as calculations or as data. And because I categorize down forward moves to be earlier than down back moves, 
it's always going to be one for me because one comes before three. And I can't shake that. I actually cannot shake that. With the, yeah, it might be OCD, it might be ADHD. There's something weird about it. But like I said, I can also type six. See, I have to think about it. Like every time I do it, I have been using this notation for like 10 years. And every time I wanna say half circle back, I have to go six and then I have to stop. Three, two, one, four. And I have to think about it every single time. I can't do it. I can't, it, it will never be natural to me. It will never, ever be natural to me. And so, when we talk about numpad notation, when people say that they hate numpad notation or that it's confusing, it is because your brain works very differently. Uh, I've had mic popping issues before and I haven't been able to figure out what's causing that, uh, Goose Comics. So, it's weird. I cannot process numpad notation quickly. It is literally impossible for me to do so. And it will be impossible almost for the rest of my life because of the way my brain works, okay? Yeah, and so be Behemoth Typhoon by skipping the diagonals doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for me. Like if I see 862 or 842, I'm going to have to think about it. Like I have to think about it. I don't know why. I wish I could explain it. But there is just something about the way that my brain refuses to process numbers as some sort of interpretation. Numbers in my brain will always be data. And trust me, I'm a math guy. Maybe that's what makes it worse. I majored in math in college. I'm a programmer. I am a, I actually like using numbers. But numbers will always be informational data as opposed to something that you read and your brain translates into something else. So, as a result, the reason why I get so frustrated with the numpad notation cult out there is because it's not that easy. I've had people on my Twitter being like, it's just repetition. Just look at 214 and just remember it and use it a bunch and it'll stick eventually. Or, hey, look at your numpad or pull out the calculator. Like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, you don't think I've tried? <laughs> you don't think I've tried? And see, Gundam Kudikai Kai types out 632146 and I'm just like, what the hell is that? Right, and when I say two and four, you have to think about it, says Forrest in the chat. The truth, and like I said, when I picture a numpad, when I picture a numpad, let me tell you how often one is in down forward. Let me tell you how often I picture one in the down forward position, even when I picture a numpad in my brain. <laughs> now, this might have to do with my left-right dyslexia, but the thing about it is there are a lot of people out there who are agreeing with me on this. The reason why I bring this up, the reason why I bring this up is not to say that we should abolish numpad notation. I've already said 100% numpad notation should be the de facto input 
uh, you know, uh, how we type it out and the uh, way we share information, it's just, it's just the best way to do it. It's the most convenient. It's the most universal. It's the most efficient. It's the quickest way to type it. There's a lot of things you're going to have to learn, like what the square brackets mean and stuff like that, or what the backwards square brackets mean. You're going to have to learn uh, that kind of stuff. But it's all part of the... Uh, it's, it's going to be the same as anything, right? And, and, you know, even if the square brackets means charge, like for Sonic Boom and stuff, you know, typing out charge back, blah, 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 is inconvenient, takes a long time, and not everybody knows what the word charge is because we're a universal, um, we're a universal genre. People from all over the world read this notation, and charge is obviously an English word and nothing else. So here's the problem. The thing that I get mad about, and this, this is what I'm trying to tell the cult of the numpad notation, the, the, the proprietors, the people going out there and knocking on your door and saying, have you heard about our Lord and Savior numpad notation? Because every time I talk about numpad notation and I tell them it's not that easy, I get everybody telling me it is, it is. Just do this, just do that, just do this. It's not that straightforward. Everybody's brain is different. And a lot of people have the same problem that I do when it comes to processing numbers. When you see the numpad notation, I cannot explain to you and I cannot give you the reason why. But as soon as I see numpad notation listed anywhere, I feel very uncomfortable. As soon as I see the numbers, there's a jolt in my head going, oh God, that's right. How do I process this? Every time I see numbers, and I've been doing this for a decade now, I've been reading numpad notation for a decade, for over a decade now, forever I've been reading it. I look at it and I just go, oh God, oh, you know, and I don't know why. I can't tell you. It is uncomfortable. Like I said to somebody, there is a reason why the cult of the anti-numpad notation reacts so violently and almost like unreasonably, like it's almost psychotic how much the people who dislike numpad notation will go out of their way to be, go out of their way to be like, this is absolute shit. How do I interpret seven, eight, five, one, two, three, four, nine, seven, eight? Like, you know what? Like, there is a reason why they are so violently opposed to it. It has nothing to do with laziness. It has nothing to do with stupidity. There is just a visceral and completely involuntary reaction when you see the numbers there's just this very uncomfortable feeling that comes over you. And that's what happens for me. As soon as I see numpad notation, as soon as I see one of those six, three, two, one, fours, I'm just like, and did I get it right? I said it. Six, three, two, one, four. I got it right. I got it right. Yay. Uh, I know two languages, I know, I like, I've no two languages total, maybe, 
maybe 1.75. Uh, I speak English, I've learned Spanish, and I know Chinese. It doesn't feel like learning another language at all, at all. There is no correlation to learning numpad notation as there is learning another language because words are words. Like I said, words are words. I feel words differently. I treat words differently. I see words differently than I do numbers. That's just it. Like literally, if we just decided to come with, come up with nine random letters to like, let's just say instead of using numpad, we decided to use Q W E A S D Z X C as the notation for numpad. So fireball would be X C D and uh, DP would be DXC, I probably would have no problems. <laughs> I would absolutely have no problems. Because letters to me are meant to be interpreted. They're meant to be translated. They are meant to represent and symbolize other things. Numbers are numbers. And it's like I said, I wish I could explain this to you because for those people who don't have this problem, this sounds absolutely silly. <laughs> this sounds just like the dumbest thing ever. Like just because it's letters and numbers, it would make a difference. Yes, yes, that is what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. Numpad is a notation that absolutely should be used, but if people balk at it, if people are resistant, or if people hate it or do not like it, stop talking down to them. Stop talking down to them. When I talk about numpad notation in my chat and I have people in my chat go, oh my God, I can't process numpad notation either. It seems like such a relief for them every time to be able to talk about it somewhere where the immediate response is it, well, learn it. You're lazy. You're stupid. Like, it actually seems like a relief for a lot of these people that there's somebody out there with an audience that completely understands <laughs> where they're coming from. Um... Yeah, then Gibby has the other problem that he's stuck on the uh, phone phone problem, right? So like, if I sit here and go like, oh, we'll bust out the numpad on your on your phone. All right, there we go. So what's two three six? What is two three six? Right. That's a different problem. <laughs> Dude, rotary would be amazing. <laughs> Let's do rotary. Or do the clock method, right? Like someone actually tried to do the clock method. Um, does the Chinese words provo provoke the same number responses to you as Arabic numbers? No, because I can't do math with Chinese numbers. <laughs> I don't. Because the Chinese letters, the Chinese characters for numbers to me is the same as writing out one, two, three, four. In fact, you know what? I bet you if somebody actually typed this out, I would be able to use numpad notation much faster. 
if you actually typed out 236 like that in English, like as you can see here in the chat right here, literally typing it out, T-W-O space, T-H-R-E-E space, S-I-X, I would be able to process numpad notation faster than I would <laughs> processing it as numbers. So again, my whole, yeah, see, that's the thing. Mike Lee says in the chat, when people type numpad notation, he doesn't see numbers. He pictures how his fingers would actually move to hit the keys. Exactly. So Mike has a different brain about this than a lot of us do. And this is the problem is that the people who understand it refuse to acknowledge this. I have been debating with a couple of people on Twitter and I just said to them, look, he's like, a lot of people are like, look, this is a lot more simpler. Like if you say down forward, that's not, that's ambiguous as well. That's confusing as well. And my response to them is, this is not a competition. <laughs> I have already said that numpad notation is the correct way to go. I keep telling these people over and over again, all I want to hear from them is, yeah, okay, I get it that some people will find numpad notation difficult. That is all I'm trying to get these people to say. And they won't do it. They won't, won't do it. All they will be, but it's so, no, just try this, just try this. I spend like 90,000 tweets in a row explaining to them how it's not an issue of memorization, how it's not an issue of, you know, doing all, it's just my brain doesn't work that way. And for some reason, this cult of numpad notation will not accept that. Again, I've already bought into your cult. I already use numpad notation. I teach with numpad notation, okay? I only use numpad notation in official things. I've already bought into it. It's just not intuitive. It's just, and you see, and like, it's just like everybody just wants to tell you how easy it is. It's just, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. And yeah, so a lot of people, so Tmax is how you use that in Tekken because buttons are one, two, three, four. It just depends. Like Japan is already using LP, RP, LK, and RK for the buttons, right? Just like Street Fighter, you would use uh, LP, uh, MP, HP, right? So it's 236 HP, 623 HP. So Tekken, a lot of people would be like uh, 6523 RP? RP? <laughs> I think it's RP. Yes, it's RP. Uh, 6523 RP. And so uh, a lot of people already do that for Tekken, for example. Uh, so a lot of people are using numpad notation for those things as well. <laughs> uh, why am I wasting my time with dudes if they acknowledge the difficulty or not? Because it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. I just want to see if they can get to the point where they actually understand. <laughs> I just want to know. I just want the, to see if they can get to the point where they're like, okay, I get it. I get it. It's difficult. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
But uh, there's a lot of interpretation and a lot of translation that is required for a lot of people uh, for numpad notation. And that's all I'm asking for at this point. Is this something that you as a fighting game player will have to learn in order to be involved and be on discords and learn and listen to and watch YouTube videos, etc., etc.? Most likely, yes. Yes, you will probably be able to get away with it without trying to do it or just spend a lot of time just just swallowing it and just being like, all right, fine, every time I see it, I got to think about it or whatever. But you should absolutely learn numpad notation. But I sympathize and empathize with you if it is very difficult to understand because I am there with you. And all I'm asking is that we stop trying to shame and talk down to people who really, really, really dislike numpad notation. <laughs> because it's not a matter of laziness. It's not a matter of intelligence. It's the way that our brains are wired. <laughs> it's the way our brains are wired. And see, even a bunch of people here in the chat are just like, well, I just look at the numpad and I just treat it like this. I just do it like this. And you know, I'm happy for you. I wish I could. <laughs> I, I wish I could. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, you, but see, that's the problem, Necromancy Black. You have to let them off. You have to. There's nothing to shame them on. This is just an inherent problem that you just have no ability to correct. Like I said, I've been looking at numpad notation for 10 years and I cannot make this correction. I still cannot do this correctly. <laughs> okay, Necromancy Black is just kidding. All right, he's just teasing. But <laughs> the whole point is that stop shaming people for this. Honestly, honestly, because it is not straightforward to a lot of people. I've often said numbers are scary and people like to attack me for that. I've mentioned how putting frame data in game directly as numbers is the wrong idea. And people came after me for that. I said, because numbers are scary. If someone opens up a menu item and just sees all these numbers, they're gonna just look at it and be like, oh my God, I don't wanna deal with this. <laughs> I don't wanna deal with this. Numbers make people react differently. Like I said, as much as I sit here and call the numpad notation people a cult and everything like that, I 100% admit that the anti-numpad notation crew is, like I said, the way that they respond to numpad notation is absolutely psychotic. Like, it just sounds like we are being difficult on purpose to those who understand it because it just makes no goddamn sense that we can't process it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting a calculator tattooed on your arm. Okay, right. Uh, but again, this is just something that some people are not going to be able to understand. And there's a reason why we react so violently towards it. Because as soon as it sees us, it gives us a great feeling of discomfort. <laughs> it really, really, really does. And Psychodamo, you won't have to analyze frame data in Street Fighter 6. 
I, I think that that is not going to be a problem in Street Fighter VI. There's going to be a few cases where you're going to have to memorize like three moves per character of what's plus. But for the most part, the frame data thing isn't going to be as much of an issue. Um, so that's about all I want to say. Numpad notation is absolutely what we should be doing. Uh, actually, you think, uh, let's see... Uh, the reason why frame data is not going to be as problem Mahomi in Street Fighter 6 is because pushback is a lot farther and just about everything is negative and very few things leave you point blank as much as they did in Street Fighter uh, 5. So this game is going to be played a lot less and almost everything is minus on block unless they glow green. If you see the opponent glow green, <laughs> then you know it's their turn. <laughs> And that's it. So frame data has always been about that. Learning what's your turn, what's their turn. If they're not glowing green, most likely it's your turn. If they're glowing green, most likely it's their turn. <laughs> so it makes it a little bit easier to understand. <clears throat> hmm. Because most of the normals are minus. Yeah, despite 14. Uh, why doesn't it make sense? I got family just said directly and a severe inability to spell random words. People having trouble interpreting things is just normal to me. Exactly, Tuhalu. Again, brains are just... Yeah, it's exactly like Soul Calibur. Lightning usually means plus. Like, for the most part, lightning means that they're plus on block. Yeah, absolutely. Very similar death by poke. Uh, but yeah, again, some people just won't understand numpad. And so, like I said, both sides are kind of crazy about it, right? Like, the, the cult of numpad notation is ridiculous. But again, I get it. Because it just doesn't make sense to them how anybody can find numpad notation difficult to process. It just doesn't make any sense. Because there's those of you who will see numpad notation and go, oh, and that's it. Like that association alone will make you a numpad reader for the rest of your life. You didn't even have to make any effort whatsoever. As soon as you found out what numpad notation was, like, that makes sense. And that's the end of the story. That is the end of you learning numpad notation. Then there's the rest of us that every time we see numpad notation, there's that jolt in our brain where we're like, what the? Oh, God, I have to do this again. <laughs> I have to do this again. Because literally, when I look at the thing and it says 63214, and then it says 63214. Like, I don't just see it and go, have to go back. Like, I just don't. I just don't. I have to look at it and I'll be like, oh, six. Six, okay. And then the four, that is back. Uh, pretty sure the, the, the three letters in between are three. So, you know, and that's just, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. I'm sorry. I wish I could explain it. The brain is a weird organ and we all think differently. And honestly, that's the number one key to teaching, right? Understanding that everybody learns differently. Approaching teaching is understanding that everybody learns differently and everybody comes from different kinds of brains, right? And so if somebody says to you, I hate numpad notation, don't go, well, if you don't understand it, you'll stay weak and never be good. Instead, you go, dude... <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. It's necessary and it'll be hard for you. I get it. But I'll try to have some ways to help you. 
it might never become super clear to you, but it is the language that we use in the fighting game community. Here's the advantages why. We use it, and I get that it's hard for you. Like, it's just, it's so much easier to do, man. <laughs> it's just, it's that much easier to do. It's just, why are everybody so violently attacking everybody? You know, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. In any case, I'm talking in circles now. I don't think I'm saying anything that I haven't said already before. So that's enough here for me with numpad uh, notation. And right, yeah, exactly. It's probably their logic, but that's why I'm trying to explain to these people that they have to see it this way. They have to understand that not everybody is going to be able to process it that they, the way they can. And while that seems absolutely, absolutely bonkers to them, think about everything that you do in the world and how some people are just able to process things much quicker than others. It just, that's the way the world works, man. Brains work in mysterious ways. We definitely don't understand it at all, at all. So, any case, use numpad notation. This is the universal language. If you hate it, learn it. You're going to have to. That's just the way it works. I Again, I get it. I have trouble with it, but I've spent all my time trying to learn it. So uh, it's the best thing that we can do. As a person who's come up with my entire own notation back in my FAQ days, which I still think is a wonderful notation, by the way, but people don't want to see it. So uh, not that. I mean, people... The numpad notation is better. It's just better. It's more universal. People who do not speak English will not be able to understand my notation. So I totally get it. Also, my notation takes way too long to type. <laughs> way too long to type. So I get it. I get it. So there you go. Use numpad notation because that's the way it works. If you understand it and find someone who can't grasp it, do not talk down to them. Help them through it. Help them through it. So, uh, in combos though, numpad notation uses, uh, carrot, uh, sideways, uh, angled bracket for both links and chains, right? Yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. And again, like, if you look at the notation that I use, for some reason, everything that I do has always been about feel, right? So whenever you cancel a move, I always used XX. I use two symbols for, but for move transitions. For uh, for links, I use a comma because commas automatically induce a feeling of pause. And that's what links are. Links uh, feel like a pause. Like when you cancel low forward in the fireball, it's uh-uh. When I do strong in the forward as a link, I go uh-uh. There's a pause. So I feel like comma worked better for links XX because X means like canceling things. So I use that as the cancel symbol. And uh, that's just how I've always done it. I did it by feel. But you see how it's different? Numpad notation is not about feel. It's about practicality. It is science. Numpad notation is science in its truest form. And for people like me who do things by feel, that doesn't work. <laughs> The opposite of a field player is a mind player. It's the it's the it's the science brain. It's the science brain. So Okay, anyways, let's go ahead and uh call this one night. 
thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, I know chat's probably going to, I mean, the YouTube comments are probably going to get pretty crazy uh, if this video actually gets a ton of views out there. But uh, please do leave some thoughts down there and uh, let me know if you actually do have the same problems that I do when it comes to numpad notation. Because the more people out there that are like, yes, 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 that's how I feel about it. The more we can actually show others that this is a real issue and that we should not be so quick to dismiss people who hate numpad notation. But follow me on youtube.com slash ultrachentv as well as twitch.tv slash ultrachentv and twitch.tv slash jchenzor. And uh, like and subscribe. And uh, if you want to help support me, subscribe to the Twitch channels as well. But in the meantime, I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Stick around for those of you here on Twitch. We will be going to the Street Fighter 6 music coming after this. You guys can check YouTube tomorrow. Uh, it should be up at this point. Um, and actually, let me know in the chat if you've made it this far. If you wouldn't, if you would be okay with me splitting the music into multiple videos so it's not as long as one, but... I don't know. People in the chat can let me know uh, how they feel about that as well. But in any case, thank you guys for watching and, uh, and, and listening and hopefully, you know, understanding what I'm talking about here. And you should, because the day that this podcast graced your ears was the most important day of your life. But for me... It was Tuesday... musical uh, episode here. Uh, I hinted at this last week. Someone asked me in the Q&A uh, what I thought of all the Street Fighter 6 OST so far. So today, uh, I was expecting that Capcom was going to release Cammy's theme uh, as its own YouTube clip, and sure enough, they have. And so now all 18 themes are out there, and so if you want to sit down and listen to the themes alongside me right now, uh, let's just go ahead and do that. And uh, I'm just going to give you guys my uh, genuine reaction to these. Now, uh, before we start, um, I have heard some of these already. I know some of them that I like. Some of them are... I I'm not... I'll say this. I'm not particularly fond of the Street Fighter Six music right now. Uh, I am kind of okay with it. But the reason why being... Uh, the reason why is because I prefer very melodic music. I've actually heard people, for example, cri criticize... John Williams scores for being almost too too melodic like it kind of gets in the way like it almost tries to shove its face shove you, itself in your face during movies and stuff but I just absolutely adore that right and so Yoko Shimomura's themes in Street Fighter 2 will always be the pinnacle to me because they're so hummable they are so melodic like their songs 
right? Like when you hear you know, like that's like you can sing that. You know, like you hear and you you'll never forget these themes, right? So far, Street Fighter Six has definitely gone the path of a little bit more background music it's more dance musicy it's more meant to just kind of blend into the background a little bit less melodic more thematic right like they they try to evoke a certain kind of mood and that i do appreciate a lot i really do appreciate a lot uh with the way it goes but it's why some of my favorite themes since street fighter 2 has been like in street fighter 4 like jury's theme like it's just like it fits in the pantheon hakan's theme is also another great theme that really fits in with it because they're very melodic and so you know obviously not written by yoko shimamura who was the original author uh who devised all the original street fighter 2 themes also she did a lot of the music in street fighter duel which is actually kind of neat by the way they got her to do that again but uh the music in street fighter 6 is definitely more about kind of like uh, dance music-y. Now, let's go ahead and uh, take a listen to these, okay? So what I'm gonna do here is they have a playlist set up over here and I'm gonna bust this out over here. And we'll go through these one by one. Like I said, I'm not gonna listen to the whole song because if I listen to the whole song, this video will probably take about seven years to go through. So we'll just listen to like the, the first minute or two of each song. I'm gonna put on the headsets because that way I can hear them a little bit better. And uh, let's go through these one by one. I'm gonna go through in some, in James Chen order, okay? <laughs> if you haven't seen that video about numpad notation, okay? I like to order things. The way that I memorize everything is I put everything into pairs, okay? Ryu Ken, Chun-Li Guile, uh, Zangief Dalsam, Honda Blanca, they're always gonna be pairs. And that way I'll never forget who the original A are. I just like to pair things up. Phelon Cami, DJ uh, T-Hawk are always gonna be pairs. And uh, I don't know why, but like I, ha I have to make these orders in my head. It's just the way that I memorize things. So we're gonna start off here with, uh, actually, let me go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and actually change these while I'm at it. Let's start with Ryu. And again, I have heard some of these before already, but uh, I just uh, I probably don't remember a lot of them because of the, the because of the lack of the melodic uh, sound to it. Um, but uh, let's go. See, I really like the vibe of this. Like, it's a good vibe. And if this started off into like a, a like more of a melody, like. Like, it kind of follows a little bit of the chord progression. But if that was in there, like, God, that, like, this would have just been fire. Dude, like, I would have been so happy with this. Right, exactly. That's just the thing. Is like these, this, these music is it's really good. This is like de facto like good music. 
It's just, it doesn't have that kind of uh, melodic theme to it. It doesn't have the hook. It doesn't have the catch. But it makes you bop your head, man. It does. <laughs> Well, are you guys okay with me talking over the music? I feel like that's probably just something I should do. Can you guys even hear me at all? <laughs> can you hear me at all? Or can you guys not even hear me talking at this point? Okay. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> just making sure. I don't know. I've never done music reaction videos here. So I don't know how people normally react to this kind of thing. So uh, let's go over to Ken. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a good song. Like it definitely makes you bob your head and you just want to like dance to it and stuff like that. That's what I mean. A lot of this feels more like dance music than anything. But a lot of people in the chat, you know, what are they saying? They say like, this doesn't make me feel like, it doesn't make me feel like Ryu, right? This doesn't feel like Ryu. It's just like, it doesn't give me Ryu vibes, but it's just like, it's like they said, it's like Ryu in the 70s cop movie, you know? <laughs> like, it works. It's a good song. But uh, for me, it's all about melodies a lot of the time. So let's go to Ken over here. <laughs> You're a loose cannon, Ryu. You're going dark on o. So one of the things about this is that, um, like, it, like, honestly, like, this could have been the, the theme song to Luke. It feels like it could have been the theme song to a lot of other characters as well. I know a lot of the other songs have a lot more of the international flair in the tunes. And I guess Ken, since he's kind of generic, you're not going to hear a lot of that, but... Like, Ken, I just would expect more rock and roll. Like, when I listen to Ken, I, I always picture... You know, like, that's what I always hear, right? Like, that's, that's, that's what I always kind of get the vibe of. Which is why, honestly, I really actually hated uh, Street Fighter Alpha's version of that song. It's like, all of a sudden, it just sounds so happy. Like, I don't know. 
<laughs> it just sounded so happy all of a sudden. Like I, I was never a fan of the alpha version. I know other people out there probably really like the alpha version, but it sounds just so so happy. Like you know, like it's just like it's so like like it's just it sounds so happy. I don't know. <laughs> that was never quite worked for me before. Uh, oh, Chun Li's theme is the first one. Okay, here we go. Not off to a strong start. <laughs> Chumley in an elevator. Machinic Soul says that there are uh, three different changes in them, so I'm assuming that's for each of the different rounds, right? But, uh, like, does it... Oh, yeah, it does third strike stuff, basically. Like, this sounds a little bit better, but it's still... It sounds too ominous. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm, I'm. <clears throat> Let's move on to the next song, shall we? Uh let's move on to the next song. <clears throat> yeah, that 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 Like, this sounds more Asian than the Chun-Li theme. Like, that's almost pentatonic that's on the top up there. Okay, this is a little different. Planning preparation music in an action movie. All right, so what we do is we take a look at the safe right over here. We'll dig through, we'll go into this alleyway over here, blast through the wall over here, and then once we do that, that leads into the sewer pipe, and we will come down over here, and then these guys will come over driving the getaway car. Right, now, 
once we get in the getaway car, we'll have the plan to drive over here. We'll lead ourselves down to this tunnel over here, and inside the tunnel, we'll build a secret door in the wall. Exactly, and that's where I come in. And then I take the truck, and we swap out the vehicles. And when we drive out of the tunnel, they think they're still following the money. But the money by then has been long gone. Precisely. And by then, it will already be on my airplane, and I will have flown it all across the Atlantic Ocean, where we will all retire in with all the money in our Swiss bank accounts. There you have the plan, boys. Let's go to it. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 move on. Uh let's look for E Honda, shall we? Let's do E Honda. Oh god, I completely butchered Guile's name down there. Whoops. like the prelude to a Bollywood pro tag entrance. <laughs> See, that's the thing is like Honda's, I don't picture him because he's a big dude. Like I don't picture his music to be like high speed, high, uh, you know, BPM kind of thing. So I like the pace of this. I like the sound of this. So actually, I'm actually kind of enjoying this one. Like you're in a restaurant eating. I mean, whenever I go to my favorite uh, ramen place, uh, they always have that um, the got Yoshida Brothers playing in the background, and you know they always have the Kotos rocking out and everything like that. So uh, I can see that. I can definitely see that. So entering the second part of the music. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of down with this one. Yeah, like I, I like the chill vibes of it. I like the chill vibes of it. Um, definitely, uh, I'm okay with that one. Let's go with Blanca over here. What is Zira Zira? Of course. Gotta have the in the background. Yeah, that's one thing about music, DJ Blues, is everybody's taste in music is so wildly different. Like, my taste in music, like, me and my brother, we agree on everything except music. Like, for some reason, music is our big dividing spot. <laughs> Numpad notation preference, there's like two. 
Right, yeah, I agree with that, Raven. The songs sound more like stage themes rather than the characters themselves. Like, this is the music that you would hear if a movie scene took place in that stage. Like, you're just walking around Brazil, and this is the music playing in the background while the characters are talking, which is why I did that whole heist thing, right? Like, that's, that's kind of how it is. Yeah, fully quantized, you know, everything just kind of hits the beat, basically. It's almost too clean, in a way, what you're saying, Dubudomo. It actually sounds a little too... too clean. But see, even, even if you're trying to go the Third Strike route, like, I feel like... Even Third Strike had a little bit more melody, right? You know, like even like my what am I like I unironically love uh uh Elena's theme, right? But you know, obviously you listen to it, it's just beats the beats, the beats, beats, the beats, the beats, beats, the beats, the beats, beats in my head, right? You just listen to that all day, but to me the key part of that song is actually like I love that bass line. That's where the melody of the song is. The melody of that song comes from its bass line. And I love that bass line in, in Beats in My Head. I, I just really, really like that tune I, I like i i it's just i don't know there's something about it that just works for me so <laughs> third strike music i will say that originally i did not like it but as as time has worn on like i really do think third strike music might be like maybe almost second best after the original street fighter 2 i'm not sure i'm not sure but uh i really do think that uh third strike music is very very strong uh, now I, I do, I really do. Uh, let's do Zangief now, shall we? So, Blanca's theme was all right. See, this one already starts like. <laughs> See. <laughs> Even when the trailer played, you listen to this and you're like, yeah, okay, this is Zangi. <laughs> now, for sure, it still it sounds like Britney Spears. Oh, man. It still has the same problems, right? There's no true... There's still a little bit of melody here. Okay, see, I like that. <laughs> Don't you know Zangief's toxic? Actually, we should just call it Grapplers, right? Don't you know Grapplers toxic? Oh, the oriental part of the song. Listen to that again. 
depends on the Britney Spears song, DJ Blues. I have an affinity for pop music. I'm not going to lie. Like, I can get down with pop music. And uh, certain Britney Spears songs are better than others. I, I, I fucks with some toxic, okay? <laughs> I'm down with this. I'm down with this song. Yeah, it's probably my favorite one so far. It's probably my favorite one so far. So uh, I, I give Zangief's theme a, a pass on this one. Uh, let's go to Dalsum now. Where is Dalsum? Jesus, where is Dalsum? Dalsum right here. Let's do this. Of course. This sounds like the bridge to a George Harrison song. Without looking out of your door, you can see all things on earth. <laughs> Without looking out of your window, you know the. <laughs> As much as, you know, like some of the songs might even be kind of considered like maybe like stereotyped or anything like that. But the nice thing about Street Fighter 2 was that they were all equally stereotyped. <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't just like they were being stereotypical like Indian music or stereotypical, you know, like Russian music. And even Zangief's theme doesn't sound like Russian music anyway. But like Honda's theme, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's not like Yokoshimamura was, you know... <laughs> Uh, trying to be particularly subtle with a lot of those songs and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, like it's a good Dalsam song, but again, it's just like, like, it's just like, I, you're missing that kind of melody. And like, I swear all these songs would, would like if they just threw those tinges in there and i know some people have actually said they're kind of sick of the old theme songs like that they're sick of those like thank god we're moving away from this let's get to some new stuff finally and everything like that but the thing is it's just like it's so associated with them right it's just like you know when it, if if indiana jones and the dial of destiny comes out and you don't hear dun 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 Dun, 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 dun
哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒哒。If you don't hear that, like, like it's just not Indiana Jones, right? It's just not Indiana Jones. Okay, so it's still popping. Yeah,、uh, I, I people have been saying that. I've noticed it myself. I'm not sure what the popping is coming from,、uh, unfortunately. But like, if you just didn't have that song, like it's not Indiana Jones, right? And so yeah, I, I get it. But like, even if you just threw in a tiny bit of refrain, right? Like if the Dalsam song was just playing and you heard do 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 do, and that was it, and like the song was like do 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 do. Like if you just heard like just those four notes at some like at some points are repeated like in the refrains a little bit just to kind of be like yeah we're still here I think it's it would be awesome yeah they said that that's gonna be the very last score that John Williams is gonna do he's like ninety years old but they said that Dial of Destiny is gonna be his final soundtrack ever which is ooh chilling thought honestly honestly. So those are the original eight,、uh, and then I always go to Cami and Jury next. So Cami and actually I should do Cami and DJ is what I should do. So let's do Cami's theme, which isn't in their playlist yet. So I already had it busted out over here. They just released this today, so let's take a listen to、uh, Cami's theme here. It's true. They might just do it so they could sell the original themes later. That's for sure. Yeah, flipped pie. Like, oh, fourteen. Yeah, of course. But I mean, even stuff like the chocobo theme. How they just let people play with the chocobo theme every time. But the chocobo theme is always going to be. I mean, this is definitely Cami is breaking into the the vault music. Does the music actually change for Burnout State? I actually didn't notice that. Oh yeah, Cami design. Oh, free. This is like the best Cami design. I love this Cami. Yeah, music changing rounds is very Third Strike like. That is definitely a Third Strike thing. But yeah, it's a good song, but again, it's it's very subtle, right? And I'm not even a fan of the original Cami theme song necessarily. Ding 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 ding. Like even as a big Cami person, like I'm not even that big on her original theme. But I just again, it just it sounds so backgroundy. It's like it's so background musicy, you know what I mean,、uh, dude. One of the fascinating things, Siamese guy,、uh, about the music being changed in Super Street Fighter Two,、uh, I think it was Hyper Street Fighter Two, that they actually had CPS One versions of the the new songs, if I'm not mistaken. Like,、uh, let me see if I can actually find it. Do they actually have it on YouTube here? 
CPS1 cami theme. Oops, cami theme, I meant. Uh, yeah, CP. Oh. Big name and easy. Advertisement over here. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they had the CPS1 version, which is fascinating. What if you could do SEO ah, smarter stop it. and faster? Too many ads. With Wix, you can edit your meta tag. You know, and that's the, it was so fascinating because those didn't exist. I don't know if it's just because they just used the same music and just changed the sound chip from CPS2 to CPS1 and it produced that, or if they actually went and just redid the songs in CPS1 just for Hyper Street Fighter 2. But it was absolutely like fascinating because I remember when they first did that, I was like, whoa, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> I was actually really surprised that they did that. And, uh, yeah. All right, let's go to DJ over here. Hmm. Right, you can play it on the piano, but the new ones you can't. Okay, this one makes me bop. I like the chill vibes on this one. <laughs> you really call me a boomer because it's, I said bop? Come on. <laughs> it's me walking happy. Like a lot of this music, I feel like is, it would be good workout music. You know, like this is a great soundtrack to put on while you're doing something in the background, you know, doing something else, I feel like. Uh, the, yeah, 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 the NES, uh, talking about the, uh, sound chips. Castlevania, actually, I think, um, the NES could do it, if I'm not mistaken. The NES could do it, it's just that um, it would have made, for example, Castlevania 3 cost more in the US. And so they took it out. I think they took it out uh, of the American version and just had to redo all the music by the uh, standard NES sounds. Because Castlevania 3 is one of the famous ones that has had the different sound chip in Japan. Yeah, it's a fun song. Like I said, it's a good thing just to have in the background and just to kind of be, you know, like, hey, I'm vacuuming the floor and like, you know, and just like bop around like that. Like, but again, it's just missing the melody. 
Now, I will say, uh, you know, I have listened to some of these before, and like, weirdly enough, Jury's Theme is one of the ones that I kind of like it. I like the most out of the first uh, original. I think, like, I think of, of the eight characters that were in the beta, I kind of like Jury's Theme, but let's see if that holds up. Let's see if I still feel that way at this point. Yeah, I think I like this one just because that's actually more melodic than a lot of the other songs. Even though it never seems to go beyond that, at least there is a melody. But it also gives the nice little vibes of, yeah, someone is causing some problems. Yeah, someone is being mischievous. See, this part, not as much. Like, I miss the melody. I miss the melody portion of the song already. I miss the do, 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 You know, I miss that already. But this one definitely has more teeth than a lot of the other songs. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of dig this one. <laughs> I kind of dig this one. I still dig it a little bit. So it's like I said, I just like the fact that it has more of a melody than a lot of the other ones do. Uh, so I, I kind of enjoy that. So and see, that's the weird thing is that I yeah, I get it. I get why a lot of people hate Guilty Gear Strive. I kind of unironically like a lot of the songs in Guilty Gear Strive. I like that they tried to do something really, really different and really creative uh, when it comes to fighting games because nobody's ever tried to put music in there. So uh, I actually kind of like some of them, but, you know, <laughs> I know I'm in the minority on that one. I know I'm in the minority on the Strive soundtrack. All right, let's go to the new characters. So that was the nine returning I'm sorry, the... 11 returning characters. Let's do the seven new characters now. So this is the different part is there now we have no history for these characters, right? They don't have a classic Yoko Shimamura uh, uh, theme to compare it to. So we'll see how it actually goes over here. Yeah, again, <laughs> Akuma Thurman loves most of the Strive soundtrack, but it's pretty wild. Yeah, again, like, I like it. I, I can't defend it. Like, there's nothing. I, I'm never going to be like, you're crazy if you hate the soundtrack. If you're like, dude, this soundtrack is awful. I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what year did I stop entering events that I was commentating? Oh, man, like second or third, like third year maybe of Street Fighter 4 might be, I think. Sometime around there. It was pretty early on. It was pretty early on.
Right, DJ Blues. The vocals in Fighting Game Music is weird. It's kind of why I'm down with it in Strive, because they went for something so crazy. song for Luke because it's like there and it's completely unmemorable and I'm not sure I really actually care about it <laughs> um yeah it's, it's kind of there I don't know that like that's there's, there's not like I don't know like I just there's nothing about it that really kind of said anything to me <laughs> The theme didn't really uh, speak to me, I guess. All right, let's do Jamie's theme, shall we? Okay. Okay. Sounds like Jet Set Radio type shit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't feel like Street Fighter, but out of everything so far, it is definitely the closest, I think. This transition was uh, definitely uh, a little more uh, pronounced than I was expecting. This is probably round two. Yeah, this one sounds a lot more Third Strike. You're right, animator. Yeah, still, I mean, again, not melodic enough for my taste, but it's still definitely, I feel like, the best one so far. That actually sounds really, really good. I, I enjoyed that song a lot. That was a strong, strong, strong candidate right there. Nice, nice, nice.
I mean, I've said this about Luke for the longest of time. Oh, there was, I heard the pop actually in my headset. Um, I've been saying this forever, but Luke's theme song should be Weird Al Yankovic's Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Like, oh, I'm sorry, no, Offsprings. That's right. Weird Al Yankovic did Rabbi, Pretty Fly for a Rabbi. But like, uh, Luke's theme should be Offsprings, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. It's just, for some reason, I thought that would, that was actually the parody, but it's not. That's actually the real song. So yeah, uh, it would probably be, uh, Offsprings, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Like, I just feel like that's, that's kind of gets the vibe of Luke, because Luke is just like, I'm so cool. <laughs> Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, when you look at the lyrics of, of that song, right? Like, I can't play it because I'm going to get DMCA'd. Uh, so I just have to uh, look at the lyrics here directly. Yeah, see, you know it's kind of hard just to get along today. Our subject isn't cool, but he fakes it anyway. He may not have a clue and he may not have style, but everything he laughs, well, he makes up in denial. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so like, <laughs> I just feel like, like this is just straight up, straight up uh, uh, Luke's theme song. Oh, man. Oh, man. Anyways. <laughs> but they didn't have ice cubes, so he bought vanilla ice. Like, I just feel like that's, that, like, fits Luke so well. Oh, man. Anyways, let's do Kimberly now. Do they have the version with the lyric? Oh no, they don't have, they, they would have to have a different entry for her level three music, right? And they do have the double level three lyrics? Yeah. Not on this clip, but probably somewhere else. to be a little bit faster or something like since I pictured J uh, Kimberly as such a fast character yeah Slamma Jamma when she does her level 3 she turns on her uh, Walkman and she starts listening to the Walkman and it changes the background music now the coolest thing about her level 3 though is that if you're playing Kimberly versus Kimberly and the second Kimberly does the super as well it doesn't change the music, it just adds the lyrics to the music. Right, and that's the thing, right? Old, like, I, I wanted to say that, like, I, I don't have enough into hip-hop culture to, un, to, to really be able to say, but, like, I don't feel like that this is quite something that... Like, if Kimberly is into old-school hip-hop, I would have imagined more having more of a rap vibe, you know, um... I'm not sure. Like, it just, I, I feel like it might be missing something here. Do they have Kimberly's full theme anywhere? Uh, 
Do they actually have Kimberly's full um, SF6 Kimberly level three music? Here we go. Uh, this is level three super. Hi-Fi has the one with the music. Here's the instrumental version, but that's not. So they don't have it uploaded officially. It's just out there. People have put it up, basically. <clears throat> This is the one with the lyrics. Like this is this is this is more I guess uh you know see already because you have singing in it it's already kind of melodic right good news like, no matter what you choose so like that already makes it sound that much more appealing to me yeah it definitely has a funk sound to it so this is the this is so this is this is how it sounds without it, so... But it's a good, but it's a good song. I, I'm down with it. I'm, I dig it. I dig it. So, let's see. So, those are the first original three. Uh, and then Marisa and Manon. Marisa and Manon. So let's take a look at uh, Manon's theme. Let's do Manon's theme first. <laughs> I see Wake Up Super already doesn't like it. Okay, I like this part. It definitely has that runway sound to it. It's very calm, I'll say that much. actually a pretty drastic change going into the round two part here. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, okay, okay. Round two definitely sounds far more kicking than the round one part of it. So, yeah, I, well, DJ Blues, I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually started selling classic music DLC. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it didn't start particularly strong. I think it got stronger as it went. And I definitely like the round two portion of it. So, um, yeah, not, not, yeah. Again, it's just, they're uh, just, uh, the, the lack of memory, the lack of earworminess of them, I think, is what it really comes down to. I mean, if they sold all the Cap Jam versions of some of those classic songs for us, I... Okay, I think this fits her well. Like it started kind of ethnic, but then just like went like kind of like happy. Right, I agree. Moda, Moda, Modigliani, Modigliani. I'm kind of down with this, actually. At least this one has that, like, fun, funness to it. And, and there is, like I said, a little bit more melody in here. <laughs> Still sticking with the, let's design all the themes like they were royalty free. <laughs> Again, it's still, you know, lacking in that melody, but for, for all the Street Fighter Six themes so far, it's definitely one that I, I definitely appreciate. So I think that's pretty good. Uh, let's do JP's theme next, shall we? Let's listen to this here. <laughs> he is the big bad. Look at those forearms. <laughs> Dinosaur? What? Dalsum's elephants. <laughs> hey, you know what? Have they? 
have they all had the same font for their names or have they had different logos for their names? They've had different logos, right? Because I think I only just realized now that JP's name is a is a ambigram. JP's name over here is it reads the same upside down as it does right side up. Interestingly enough, did they all? Yeah, they all have their own logos. Oh, yeah, all the names have their own logos. Okay, that's neat. I don't think I even noticed that, but I mean, it's again, it's a good theme. It fits him really, really well. So I, I like that. But again, I just feel like, like, I mean, you, you sit there and you think about old Bison song, right? Do, 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 do. Yeah, ambigram is for words that can look the same mirror imaged or look the same right side up as they are upside down uh, and such. So, oh, does this, does it actually get more intense? Are you talking about, oh, the old, the old SF2 theme? Yeah. The beat is really, really good. I really, really like the beat. And I think I've only got one more, right? I think I've only got uh, uh, Lily's theme at this point in time. So let's take a listen to what Lily's got to offer us at this point. This song definitely has that, someone said it in the chat earlier, it sounds like all the songs are building up to go somewhere, and then they just never get there. It's a good song. See, that's the sad part is what's my favorite of the themes so far? Yeah, Ankle Gator, that was earlier. That was earlier. But it'll be on YouTube tomorrow. But they're all definitely, like I said, they all lean towards just being very, um, they're all lean towards being very dance music-y. They're all more background, background style as opposed to uh, actual, like, like theme themes, you know? Um, I wish that there was more to it. Who was the, which was, I think it was like Jamie's theme was probably my favorite so far. I think I actually really, really like uh, Jamie's theme. Um, but I just, I feel like... Um, I think it's just... Uh, 
it's just it doesn't quite have the right feel to it you know what i mean like it's there's just not melodic enough there's just it doesn't it doesn't have the hooks it doesn't have the catch like as much as i liked the songs like if i said oh i liked marisa's song i liked uh jamie's song like i i don't know if i could sing them <laughs> and i think that's kind of one of the hardest part is that i don't like I, I don't like the fact that i can't sing the song afterwards you know what i mean i i feel like i'm missing that part i feel like i'm losing that part unfortunately so um yeah it makes me kind of sad uh but at the same time like i said the songs aren't bad they're clearly very good and you know if you are into the more like dance music kind of stuff i think it works really well i think the music is actually really really good but um Again, I just I have such a soft spot and such a preference for the melodic music that, you know, when you're missing that kind of singable tune, the hook, the catch, like I, I, I feel I'm kind of sad. Like even as simple as something like Dan's theme from the Alpha Games. You know, like, as much as, like, it's not that melodic, it's still melodic enough that I feel like I can actually sing it, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, the, uh, the sense of time, my rhythm... <laughs> Your problem is you don't have any rhythm, ma, man. Uh, but I mean, again, that that's kind of one of the things that makes me good at combos. <laughs> rhythm, man. Rhythm helps a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like it's missing a lot of that. And yeah, what Speedwagon says about Stry's music, you can still say society, society, like no matter what. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there is a lot of that nostalgic factor, Mahomi. But at the same time, like, you can't forget the music. Like, you just, even though it's been there for a long time, like, it's just, it's so there, right? You know, like, when you hear those things like that, like, you just it, it it sticks it sticks with you more you know even with jury and hakan like they haven't been around as long but i have a strong appreciation of their songs a lot too you know like when i hear when i hear uh jury's theme uh na 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 you know like I, I mean, obviously, like, I still can't even sing it as well as the other ones, but, like, the theme just still sticks in my head a little bit, so, I don't know, it's it's a little bit different, it's a little bit different, so, I mean, again, the interesting thing is, music is good, like, when good music lodges into your head, it lodges into your head almost instantaneously, right, like, someone mentioned, Necromancy Black mentioned uh, Moon's Domination from Exert, Raven's theme, um, Dude, let's talk about like DuckTales the Moon theme, right? Like as soon as you hear it, 
like that song is going to be stuck in your head like for the rest of your life right like you can't get it out of your head and yeah like when you look at the marvel songs from marvel 3 and earlier compared to mvci right like we just you know for captain america like oh man and then you just go to you know whatever generic orchestral song in in mvci and it just doesn't work right Oh, man. Um, But uh, that's enough for me. Let's go ahead and call it a night. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for watching. And thank you guys for hanging out um, and uh, tuning in, listening to me ramble on and on about numpad notation. Uh, If you haven't seen that yet, check it on YouTube. It should be out there already. I don't know what form of this video is going to exist on YouTube. There's probably going to be a lot of DMCAs here and there, but we'll see what happens. In any case, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys later and take care. Oh, Landonio is a fan of lights. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, the day that this podcast graced your ears was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. that song with the good uh hook did you see the did you see the ducktales remake cartoon okinus <laughs> did you did you see the, the 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 new the new ducktales the reboot that they did recently oh man dude <laughs> they did something into that uh they did something in that cartoon that just like blew my mind oh my god actually i could probably find this on youtube over here uh Oh, they actually put the whole thing on uh, on YouTube. I see. I used to sing this old song to my boys before they hatched. <sighs> Look to the stars, my darling baby boys. Life is strange and vast. Filled with wonders and joys. Face each new sun with eyes clear and true Unafraid of the unknown Because I'll face it all with you Like they actually just put it into the actual song. (laughs) They put it into the actual uh, show. (laughs) That's the actual moon stage theme, yes. That's the actual moon stage that they put it into the cartoon. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> and when I saw when I saw they did that, I was like, what? Holy crap, that is so cool. They actually did a an homage to the actual cartoon and put it in there. Oh man, which is really, really great. 
they just took the moon song that was on there. And of course, um, Sonia Belasova, I think is her name. Uh, she did a cover of the moon song that is just like so good. Holy crap. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I'm going to get DMCA'd all throughout my video over here. This is going to be a rough one. It's going to be a rough upload here, I'm telling you right now. Uh, let's see. It was a player piano, I think is what it is. Sonia Belasova Moon Song. She did a she did a version of this uh, DuckTales song that was so good. Uh, and again, this this Guys, I hope you enjoy this lady is just ridiculous. She is crazy. The whole gimmick of these videos was this guy would take requests for songs, make her listen to them, and uh, she would make a composition for the song on the spot having never heard the song before in their entire lives, having never heard the song in her entire life. Number two, oh, number two we're already at number two, all right. That was number three. Awesome. So, uh, anyone that doesn't know, this is the DuckTales, the moon theme song. Um, can I just say, Oliver Fisher, whoever you are, you have very good taste in Nintendo music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You ready? Okay. actually makes her play it again and yeah like she, like literally she just wrote that composition in like two minutes she's uh she yeah is probably close to a prodigy she's project prodigy she's crazy i think she also eventually from these videos and all this stuff like that she ended up going on to, to score the witcher soundtrack on netflix so uh she's really 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 talented she's really 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 good and uh uh she they did like um oh gosh what did they do like i wonder if it's actually here but they actually did like an indiegogo at one point in time where they had people suggest songs and then she would just uh like if you donated a certain amount then she would actually do a song for you etc etc uh, I think she only has them on Facebook. I don't know if she has them anywhere else anymore. Uh, let me see if I can actually find it. Oops. Player pianos. Oh, yeah. That's the first link that comes up for me. Okay. Uh, here, let's actually do this here. Uh, so she did one here. This is Street Fighter 2 Cammy's theme for James Chan.
Look at her, like she's just studying the chords as she listens to it. It's so crazy. She doesn't go for very long, but still. Part of me actually, like, I was trying to debate whether I would get her to do Tetris or Cammy's theme, but I felt like I had to get her to do Cammy's theme. Like, I, I feel like I had to do that. <laughs> but yeah, that definitely is a piece of uh, existing footage out there, so... But yo, she's she's absolutely crazy. Like she's amazing. She's done a bunch of stuff, and uh, she even did a whole version of this one time. That like, if you look yep. on YouTube, has a million views uh, as well. So uh, she even did this uh, with this whole thing here. They even had a special piano made that was like a pinball machine, and they were giving this away. And like Jesus Christ, I would have loved to have won this. Yeah, the one won that piano. Tetris pants on. look up player piano Sonia Belasova as you can see oh uh, anyways it's out there you can find it on YouTube I'll probably get DMCA'd for that as well we'll see what happens uh, but no that one was definitely uh, spent her time arranging that one so but like it's just she's amazing like I, I was definitely obsessed with sitting here there watching all of her stuff but I was talking about this earlier, and I'm just going to close out this episode on this. I know I've played it on my stream before, but um, you know how I said I can't read sheet music? Um, well, the opposite of what she does, where she just hears a song, makes the arrangement, and play it, uh, there's a fellow out there who has passed away uh, named Tom Breyer. May he rest in peace. I know I've played this on my stream before, uh, but in case you haven't heard it, he's the opposite. So uh, instead of doing that, 
He just reads sheet music like he's reading numpad notation for some people. <laughs> uh, and uh, someone actually printed out the sheet music to Ghosts and Goblins. And uh, he just played it. He just played it, and it is the most amazing thing. Female Japanese composer. I actually have two from female Japanese composers. He's never heard the song in his life. does whatever he wants to it. It's called Ragtime. the end oh my god like oh he hits just some of those chords and like this is what i mean by like as a person who's an emotion this is why i talk about how i'm an emotion player and things feel and everything like that like seriously i hear that shit and yeah i get tears dude jesus christ it's so good it's just like i cannot believe that someone can do that like that's just absolutely wild he has some other really good ones but that's like clearly the best one that is clearly the best one out there and the fact that he does that just by sight reading is just absolutely ridiculous ridiculous so um oh wait hang on a second uh let's take a look i th thought i heard he had passed away here let's see <sighs> I see an article in 2022 say that he's still uh, alive, but he's had a really, really bad accident. So I guess he's still kicking it right now. If that's true, if that's the case in 2022, uh, it still says that he's still... Uh, um, oh, that was another one that he did. Yeah, he can't play, unfortunately. 
Oh, Wikipedia would probably have a uh, thing over here. Oh my God, the Wikipedia is in German. What the heck? Okay, so I guess he's still alive then. Oh, he was in a coma for two and a half months. Dang, okay. So yeah, so, uh, but he's ridiculous. He's he's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Oh, this is the other one that he so did. Yeah, there will need to be a page removed in the middle. I'll get it for you. It's pretty slow. time he's seen the sheet music for this he just has the ability to look at it and he knows exactly what it is <laughs> thank you <laughs> Childhood, man. Nothing to do with childhood. Ugh. Yeah, you're talking about athletic from Super Mario World DJ Blues. for being a witch. <laughs>
left hand, right? I don't know how. I don't know how. He's not even looking at that left hand. I mean, there's definitely mistakes here and there, Super Famicom, but it just doesn't matter. <laughs> Dude, have you listened to Desk play the bass guitar? just god like when i hear certain music like like i said i just get super emotional dude like it's just crazy it's just when you when you oh man when you hear the right music god it's just crazy i wonder if you can actually find desks like how do you even look up desks <laughs> bass guitar playing because i don't even know how to uh look that up because obviously if i look up desk bass guitar it's not going to bring the right thing up at all. Uh, yeah, but uh, Desk was an amazing, uh, amazing bass player. So it makes sense that he's really good at doing combos. It just makes sense. So, But uh, there you go. That's, that's a, oh, dang, that's an interest. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <coughs> Is that actually still out there? No, I don't think it's there anymore. It might be gone, to be honest with you. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, anyways, that was a side distraction from the, the, the stuff. I'm going to have to upload multiple copies of this and see what gets struck and what doesn't. <laughs> By copyright. So in any case, we went completely off the rails there. This just became a music appreciation uh, uh, video. Again, I mean, a, a lot of people don't know, but like I, I am a big, big, big music fanatic. Uh, I really like music. I don't talk about it that much, but I get very emotional with certain songs and stuff. That's why certain songs always just like it's crazy. Again, as a heart player, as a person who feels everything, including trying to feel numpad notation, it is all very like there's there's just a lot of things that hit me in certain ways. And there are certain songs yeah, <laughs> yep, you know how much I love that Final Fantasy VI soundtrack thing makes me cry all the time. Every time I hear that ending song, 
man. <laughs> and then I gotta do the thing again. Celeste and Locksteam go together. The ending song mixes them together and it's the absolute most heart-wrenching thing. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> and yeah, there's just one part in the ending song where they're just playing uh, Celeste's theme and then they just splat Locks theme right on top of it and it fits together and you're like, oh my god, and you just start crying. Oh, well, maybe I start crying, but still, Jesus Christ, oh, certain songs get me, man, certain songs get me. But it's why I'm such a big karaoke person and stuff, the eyes on me. Dude, <laughs> I've sang eyes on me during commentary at a, at a Final Fantasy Dissidia tournament, dude. I've sung Eyes on Me at karaoke for sure. That's a tough song because you can only sing it by going falsetto. Uh, you could only sing that song by going falsetto. So I remember Kyobi was streaming it and he just threw on this, uh, the, the, the karaoke version of Eyes On Me. And I was like, all right, you asked for it. And I just started singing. So any case, I've been going on long enough. Let's go ahead and call this a night. I got to do some editing and fear the DMCAs. Uh, so... Uh, for me, I sing whatever, dude. And crazy enough, I mean... You can kind of probably tell that I would be strangely good at it, but I'm actually really good at singing uh, alternative rock. Um, I, I, I'm good at like doing like Stone Temple Pilots kind of thing, right? Like Stone Temple Pilots is one of the one of my go tos at karaoke and stuff because I've I already have that kind of voice, right? I already have the gravelly kind of voice. Uh, like, um, Interstate Love Song is, like, one of my favorites. I do Interstate Love Song all the time at karaoke. But also, you know, I grew up in the 90s, right? So 90s grunge alternative is, like, one of my favorite things. So, but I also, like, I do whatever, right? Like, one of my karaoke goes to, go-tos is Without Me by Eminem. Another one is Under the Sea by Little Mermaid, uh, by, from the Little Mermaid, I should say. And so, yeah, like, I just, <laughs> I have a crazy range when it comes to singing, uh, like, another one that's a, a go-to for me, Skyfall by Adele. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I can, I can do, like, Pearl Jam I'm not as familiar with, but I do a, I do a pretty mean better man, though. Uh, I do a really pretty mean uh, better man. <laughs> So one of these days I'll do another karaoke stream again and just you guys can just chill and hang out and listen to me. <laughs> but again, I love singing. Music is a part of my soul. Like everywhere I drive, I'm always listening to music and, and, and I'm always singing with it. I'm always singing with music wherever I drive and stuff like that. So I'm I'm just I'm obsessed with music. I don't talk about it as much because it's obviously not quite to the level of my obsession with video games and stuff. So uh, it doesn't quite match. But again, music is a big part of my life and something that I very, very, very much appreciate. And uh, I'm one of those people that when when something new comes out and I become obsessed with it. I just listen to it forever. And like, like I said, my range will go from pop to more alternative. Like right now, the album that I am currently most obsessed with is the uh, self-titled Wet Leg album. 
Uh, if you guys don't know Wet Leg, they're the ones who did that crazy song, Shays Long. I don't know if you've even heard that on the radio, but I am obsessed with their first album currently. Like, I, I, I am just, like, absolutely, like, just completely enamored with that album. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, previous to that was Lights Pep, which is a complete synth pop kind of music and, like, two very different kind of things, but that's just the way it is, dude. That's my music taste, so... Any case, all right, enough about me, enough about music. Let's go ahead and call it a night here. Uh, I could do a whole show about music, honestly. I, I really could.